HTJ.tax, the international tax firm for six, seven, and eight-figure investors and entrepreneurs who are living that international life. Are you ready? If someone has the okay, the, and I see where this person. So this person is in Australia, and they want to uh, they want to set up, or they probably have already set up an LLC, a limited liability company in the United States. And there's this perception that once you form a company offshore, somehow you're magically going to save money. I guess all the movies and, and what Hollywood tells us, but that yeah. clearly is not going to save you any money, James. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and this this happens all the time, and, and people yeah. in Australia read, uh, you know, in the in the financial papers that you know, Apple don't pay any tax here, and uh, yeah. the, the difference is. Uh, Australia is, in a corporate chart, Australia is at the bottom. Um, mm. And in that scenario, um, all of the value that has been created is largely in intellectual property created multiple tiers um, mm -hmm. upstream. Mm -hmm. And the entity that owns, okay. yeah, Australia yeah. is at the bottom. Um, if valuable IP is created upstream, offshore, it can charge significant fees to the Australian entity, which pulls what would otherwise be Australian tax profit out of the country. So increases deductions in Australia, pushes up income in you know, low or sometimes no tax jurisdictions. That, that is just the structure of the, the international tax system because it was created after, actually between World War One and World War Two in a completely different world. Uh, and the, all of the, the you know, problems that we have in terms of you know, base erosion and profit shifting, it's because it's very square peg, round hole stuff. Um, the system is is a, a very physical or it's designed for a physical world and we do, we live in a digital world. Uh, if you flip it and the, the directing mind, uh, what we call the central management and control of a company is in Australia um, and you incorporate an entity anywhere in the world, um, the definition of an Australian uh, resident company is uh, an entity that or a company that is incorporated in Australia. So it's not that if it's incorporated in the US, or Lithuania or anywhere, or if it's not incorporated in Australia, it carries on business in Australia and it has either it has its central management and control in Australia, which is high level strategic decision making, not the day to day ops or operations, uh, or it has its voting controlled by Australian resident shareholders, which is you know, invariably the case. So it, it's very easy for a, an entity that just uh, incorporates or a company, an Australian individual that just uh, incorporates a company overseas to to render that Australia that foreign company an Australian resident for tax purposes, and that, that is because a couple of years back in 2016, there was, there was a high court case uh, and the issue was, well, if, if this is a two-pronged test, it carries on business in Australia and either central management and control or voting, um, then, you know, what constitutes carrying on a business? And that, that case um, essentially said, look, if you're making high-level strategic decisions, then at least in part, you're, making, you're, you're carrying on a business here in Australia. Um, so the same set of facts, making um, decisions here, high-level strategic decisions here in Australia, can satisfy both of the two prongs: the carrying on a business and the central management and control. So that that was the question: Well, is it a two-prong test or is it a one-prong test? It's just that one set of facts can satisfy both. Now, 
that was not necessarily intended. The the High Court gave basically carte blanche for the ATO to to really take everyone to town. To their credit, so far they haven't done that. And the the Treasury and the government have actually flagged that there will be changes to residency because previously they said in you know, carrying on a business. Um, you actually looked at the operations on the ground. If you had a factory in Venezuela, uh, even if central management and, and control was here, um, you weren't carrying on a business here in Australia. So you could uh, that that could legitimately be a foreign foreign resident company. Um, the the problem with having a, a foreign incorporated company be an Australian tax resident is that it will pay tax over there in a source country, if there is corporate tax, which generally there is, it'll also pay tax here in Australia. Um, Australia's corporate tax rate is high, so ordinarily, even though it provides, Australia provides a credit, there will be a top-up tax, um, but you'll only generate tax credits, so franking credits or imputation credits, to the extent of the tax actually paid here in Australia. So if you pay 20% overseas and you're a 30% um, company uh, here in Australia, You'd pay an additional 10% top-up tax here, but you'd only generate the $10 worth of, of ranking credits, even though you paid $30 in tax. So that will push up your effective tax rate because when a dividend is paid up to a, an Australian resident shareholder, it's only partially franked, um, and they will pay tax at up to 45% minus the, the maximum um, 10%. So they, they've got you know some significant top-up tax to pay. So, yes, you, you can certainly just do that, but it, it, that's the first hoop to jump through. The second hoop to jump through, even if the foreign entity remains a foreign tax re uh, resident, is Australia's um, controlled foreign company rules. And Australia has uh, essentially a Western, high-taxing Western alliance, really, where um, if you're a listed country, so we're talking uh, the US, the UK, New Zealand, France, Germany, uh, Japan, I think is on the list. Essentially, those listed countries uh, effectively say, if you're carrying on a business over there and it's an active business, it's not a tainted business or a passive business, you won't be, Australia won't tax you, uh, as in the, the shareholder, if, uh, with, with lim very limited exceptions, what they call eligible designated concession income, um, which uh, I've never actually dealt with that issue for the US, but the, the main one, for instance, uh, say I incorporate a, a company in New Zealand, carries on business in New Zealand, but makes a capital gain. Uh, New Zealand don't tax capital gains, but that is considered to be kind of CFC income, so it's actually taxed and it's attributed to me, as in the, the shareholder. It's an attribution regime. It'll tax me directly. Um, so really, there's there's two hoops to jump through if you're you're wanting to successfully offshore one the the residency issue because a foreign incorporated company can very easily be considered an australian tax resident although watch this space because the legislation is changing uh we're about to go through a uh, an election so i don't know what the the appetite is if that if that isn't squared away before before the election but certainly it's on the on the radar the second hoop is even if you jump through the first hoop successfully is it a controlled foreign company or almost certainly if it's a wholly owned subsidiary uh, or it's wholly owned by me as an Australian resident, absolutely it's a CFC. The issue then becomes, does it have any attrib attributable income? That depends on where the income is generated and the, the type of, of business or type of transactions that it enters into. Um, and if there is 
um, attributable income, then say there's a hundred thousand dollars worth of attributable income of my foreign foreign company. I personally, as the shareholder, and and taxed on that income. Uh, well, well answered. You know, I think you you covered everything there. And I don't know where it comes from, but probably just like you, I face this type of question multiple times every week. I yeah. guess somebody read something or they saw something on a movie, yeah. and they yeah. are convinced and they argue with me. I'm yeah. going to form this company, and I'm going. It's not going to be taxed. The money doesn't come back in. It's just. But you're right. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's, control, yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, because that that in that structure, yeah, to the extent that it works, it it relies on not being found out, and that's that's not that's not a tax strategy. That's uh, you know, that's, uh, we, that's we just crim- that's just criminal activity. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. you'll be <laughs> you'll be. You'll be looking at four walls, a quadrangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, if the, the linchpin of your strategy is uh, mm-hmm. not being detected, then you may yeah. want to rethink that strategy. Exactly. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.